0: Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already, and ring that notification bell in the upper right corner so you are notified each time a brand new video goes live on YouTube. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer.
1: Nate, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on as always. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to today's discussion.
0: Yes, we have a lot to go over in today's discussion because Nintendo held their first Direct of 2022, and it was one of their stronger Directs in terms of software content in recent history and lots of surprises, big new announcements. And I want to start off right away with some of those surprises. And we're going to talk about what surprised us in terms of being there, but also what surprised us in not making an appearance at this direct. And I want to start with what wasn't there. What game did you expect to be at this direct that didn't make an appearance?
1: Well, I think Majora's mask was a bit of a surprise, Nate. I I was almost certain that that would get something at this direct, especially given the fact that it should be coming next week or the week after potentially. So I know we talked about that last, uh, in the Mm -hmm. last episode, but also, I will say that another, I guess, absence was a mainline Fire Emblem game. We were kind of teased at the start that, oh, here it is. You know, we were predicting a new Fire <laughs> Emblem game. And, you know, the, the first five seconds kind of made you feel like, oh, well, it's 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 a lock. It's happening. You know, we, we guessed right. And then, much to my surprise, it kind of turned into a Muso game, which- was a little little interesting, I will say. So I will say probably those two games were the biggest surprise absences uh, at this Direct for me, but I w- I'm curious about your take. What did you think? What what was the biggest absences that, that uh, you took away from the Direct, I guess?
0: The biggest surprise in terms of not being there for me was the new mainline Fire Emblem game because yeah. that, is, that is the Fire Emblem that I have been... Talking about since our predictions for 2022, it is a new mainline game. I actually left a hint into one of the main elements of the game in the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the introduction, as you mentioned, I was kind of like, "Okay, we're starting off big. Here's the next Fire Emblem." Yep. And then it made that pivot into a new Fire Emblem Warriors game, and I was kind of like, "Okay, this is a title that I was not aware of." So it was surprising. But it wasn't the type of surprise I really wanted in that moment. And, you know, the silver lining is maybe that means we're going to get a double dose of Fire Emblem this year. And I know some people say, well, that's a lot. That doesn't really seem like something Nintendo would do. Mm -hmm. But history would show us that Nintendo has done that exact thing once before. And this happened in 2017 when Fire Emblem Echoes came out on the 3DS. And then Fire Emblem Warriors, the first installment, came to 3DS and Switch. Correct. So there is a precedent here that we could be getting this Warriors game. And then in the second half of the year, we could be getting the next mainline Fire Emblem. So my fingers are still crossed that that mainline Fire Emblem will be coming later this year.
1: So just real quick. So you don't believe that this Fire Emblem Musou game... Is a um, a Legend of Zelda um, Muso game type thing where it was brought in, kind of to fill a void because um, there's there's more time needed for Breath of the Wild Two, for example.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not that type of scenario where they're Age of filling Clover. in a void. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This isn't like an fill the void to get to the next installment to the franchise. What is curious about this game, though, and I kind of like the direction where they're taking these Musou games on the Switch, especially with Nintendo's direction, is that what we saw at Age of Calamity is that it told an an alternate storyline set in the Breath of the Wild universe. And now we have the Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, and it's showing another alternate storyline set in the Three Houses universe. And I kind of like this direction instead of them just making a generic musou game based on an ip they're going into these stories with these characters and these established universes outside of that musou genre right and exploring possibilities and i kind of like that direction where it's just not that generic let's throw zelda in a musou game and hope for the best like no let's tell a story from another game and develop into something new so i kind of like this direction that nintendo is taking with Koei tecmo and Omega Force when they're making these collaborative efforts. And it's something I would love to see them continue to do in the future, hopefully with other Nintendo IP. Because in, you know, I believe it was a few years ago, the development team expressed interest in making a Star Fox Muso game as well as a Mario Muso game. And I'm not sure if either of those IP are really good fits for the muso genre. But it would just be interesting for Nintendo to really embrace this with some other of their franchises and allow new stories to be told that may not really fit perfectly into their vision for those titles, but fits well with a Musou game. And Age of Calamity was a really good example of that because it was the story about the Great War. Mm -hmm. It was this huge, epic combat. And when you play Breath of the Wild, you would know that large-scale war really isn't that game's strong point right. whereas that's exactly what a muso game is yeah so it's definitely a unique direction i do hope that the new mainline fire emblem is shown a little later this year maybe maybe at like a september direct after this muso releases out and has a little time for the breathe but i think that's really my biggest surprise of not being at this direct to start the year now, what was your biggest surprise out of the games that were present?
1: Well, I think there's probably two for me. The first one was Nintendo Nintendo Switch Sports, which, I mean, what an announcement. I had no <laughs> idea about this being a thing. I don't think any of us did, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, this is the new iteration of the Wii Sports series, and I know some people are going to say, you know, it's it's not going to be as good as the Wii version, but come on. I mean, we're getting we're getting Wii Sports for the Switch. We're getting soccer, volleyball, bowling, tennis, badminton. And I think later on we're getting golf. Um, yes. When that gets added later. Mm-hmm. April the 29th, which isn't really that far away. And uh, man, I got to say, this is probably my biggest surprise. Uh, as far as number two, the Mario Kart DLC would be my second one, and I know we're going to kind of get into that in some more detail uh, in the show mm-hmm. as well, and what that means for the future of the Nintendo Switch. Um, but right now, I'm just going to stick with those two. There were a couple of others. I mean, Live Alive um, was another yes. game, which I, I I'm familiar with. The game. I remember I used to like buy Super Play. SNES magazines, and they would always have the latest games from Japan. And Squaresoft, obviously, or Square Enix at the time, were really big on, you know, the Super NES RPGs. And I remember seeing Live Alive in a magazine, and I was like, man, this game looks incredible. I I would love to play it someday. And unfortunately, uh, it never arrived uh, outside of Japan, but we are going to be getting that on the Switch for the first time. So that was also another big announcement for
0: me. Yes, Live Alive was definitely a surprise out of nowhere announcement that nobody would have ever guessed to, you know, happening for the Switch or any platform for that matter. And the fact that Nintendo was publishing it is all the more surprising. Mm -hmm. So Nintendo went to Square and offered a bag of money, which we typically see Sony do when it comes to major Square Enix releases. And I think this is going to be a good get for Nintendo. I'm sure this is one of those situations similar to like Octopath Traveler, right. where Nintendo is publishing it, probably have exclusive rights for a year, maybe two years, and then we'll see it branch off onto other platforms. But this is a really good get for them. The HD 2D style looks was, so sublime. Right. And when I look at this type of release, especially with the HD 2D visuals, the first thing it said to me is. There's a chance. There is now a chance Chrono Trigger could face the same fate. Careful. Some
1: some news outlets maybe post an articles tomorrow. <laughs> maybe. Are you saying are you saying Chrono uh, Chrono Trigger is coming?
0: I am not saying that, <laughs> but I hope it does.
1: <laughs> ah, dude, I would love for Chrono. I mean, dude, if Chrono Trigger got the same treatment as Live Alive, I mean, cuz that's that's pretty much all I'm I want. Like, because yeah, yeah. everyone everyone talks about remake Chrono Trigger, remake Chrono Trigger. The thing is, oh. I don't want Chrono Trigger to be remade, but if they gave it the live alive, um, HD two point five uh, treatment, then yes, I I would be yeah. more than satisfied
0: with that. It'd be perfect yep. because you you honor and respect the original. Yes, And you bring it into a modern era with the visuals that fans will find pleasing. And that's all they have to do. There's no real risk involved. So that's what that release really said to me is that Chrono Trigger could happen. Yeah. And God, do I hope it does.
1: Yeah. I mean, Live Alive is, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a game that um, it's very popular in, in Japan, but I mean, a lot of us have heard about it, obviously, as as fans of SquareSoft from back in the day. But mm-hmm. it's also a, a very interesting get as well, because it just, I think, out of everything, you know, I mean, look, it, was there ever going to be a sequel to Wii Sports on the Switch? I mean, you could you couldn't rule that out, right? You could you could probably say, yeah, there's probably one that's coming. Would mm-hmm. there ever be Mario Kart DLC? Yeah, you could probably say there would be, given the fact that the game is so successful. Well, but I mean, Live Alive is truly a whoa. Where did where did this come from? Like, right. this was completely out of left field.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that puts it as my number one biggest surprise out of the out of the direct. Close behind, I can't say close behind, but in a very distant second was Mario Strikers Battle League. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Mario Strikers franchise. I loved it on the GameCube. Didn't love it as much on the Wii. The Wii version, just something felt off. I think partly because of the goal mechanic where you had to use the uh, the Wii pointer controls to block the shots. Right. It still wasn't a bad game. It just didn't reach the highs of the GameCube. But Mario Strikers Battle League for the Switch... I love the idea of the top club, Mm -hmm. how you can join clubs. Yeah. I love what they're doing with this game. It's definitely one of those titles I need to play and really immerse myself into the game modes that it's going to have. Hopefully it has enough character customization. They did show us a bit of it, but I hope it has substantial content because when we've looked at the more recent... Mario sports releases like Mario golf and tennis they've released in such barebone states. Yes. And it's wait for the free DLC coming a little later this year where we'll add new game modes or courses and characters. I want this to launch content complete day one. And they haven't confirmed it to my knowledge at this point, but I do suspect the development team is next level games because they developed the first two games to this franchise. And it would be right on schedule for them to have the next release out since Luigi's Mansion 3 was released several years ago. So until I hear otherwise, I am operating under the belief that this is next level games, next game. And if they're behind it, I'm not too concerned about the content or quality of the release. They always do a splendid job, but it's definitely something I'm going to approach with a little bit of caution just because the recent examples of Mario sports have been so barebone. I don't want to get myself too invested and excited only to be disappointed come June.
1: There there is definitely that concern that it may come out bare bones and they add things later on. And you're right. I think that definitely did detract from Mario golf and Mario tennis uh, on the Switch. Yeah. I would probably agree with you that next level is this the team working on this. It's I mean it's almost mm-hmm. It's almost a certainty that they are, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you, I'm pretty hyped about this. I, you know, we did say in the last episode, the predictions episode, that something Mario would be here, um, some Mario mm-hmm. sports game, and you know, while we didn't necessarily know if it was going to be strikers, we kind of felt like it would be. Um, so this wasn't a huge surprise to me, but I also love the fact that this was at the direct this was one of the bigger announcements for me at the direct and mm-hmm. um, yeah hopefully you know next level I'm ass- again we're assuming that it's them um, gives us something that is better than the Wii version because I, I agree with that too that that the GameCube version is is almost perfect the Wii yeah. version kind of lost a few points along the way um, but really they have they have a platform here to make mm-hmm. um, the best mario strikers game to date and i think they can do yes. it especially again you know if 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 they're coming off luigi's mansion 3 which was i mean absolute masterpiece i think mm-hmm. um you should expect uh, some high quality work here and uh, i think
0: it will deliver on that yeah i mean i don't want to see any youtube channel or an outlet saying next level games isn't developing Mario Strikers. <laughs> yeah, we That's don't, not what we're saying. We don't know. We, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, assuming that they are right. We, we, yeah, we have really, no idea. I have no idea. Who's yeah. Working on I game. mean, there was no press release that specifically mentioned them yep. is the only reason that we're even saying maybe it isn't. I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's just that we don't have outright confirmation. And I'm actually going to bring that type of thing up a little later on a different game. And I'm going to be curious for your thoughts on it. But when, when the time comes, you'll know. <laughs> And now we get to some of the reactions we had to the direct. I'm going to go through the list of announcements. I'm actually going to start at the bottom okay. of the press release. That way we don't start with all the good stuff at the top. That way we can <laughs> we, we can, can work our way to the good stuff and not end drunk. on the disappointments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had Kingdom Hearts Integrum Masterpiece for Cloud, which is just Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and 3. For Cloud, it was announced back in january there was a demo released also then yep just a reminder that the game was now available so that's really nothing then had sd gundam battle alliance if you're a fan of the gundam series this is probably an announcement that you were really interested in they just said that the game is coming in 2022 i am a fan of the gundam franchise this is an action rpg and you know it has nice little chibi graphics mm-hmm. not a huge announcement but a nice one then we have one of the best announcements of the Direct, though so it wasn't necessarily a surprise because we have seen the trademark going around for the last couple of years. And it is Klonoa Fantasy Reverie Series, which is Klonoa Door to Phantom Mile and Klonoa 2 Lunatia's Veil. Vale.
1: Oh, my God. Exciting, exciting to see this get announced.
0: Yes, coming out on July 8th for the Nintendo Switch. We'll be coming to Xbox PlayStation at a later date in 2022. But I love this announcement. I played Klonoa on the Wii. Nobody else did because nobody bought the game because they're fools. (laughs) But I cannot wait to revisit these two games on the Switch later this summer. These are two of the best best side scrolling platform games of the playstation one era mm-hmm. and the fact that people are going to be able to play them with modern visuals and quality of life enhancements makes me thrilled i mean klonoa 2 is a rare ps1 game it will cost you a fair amount of money to find it complete
1: both and of them both of them are very expensive yeah. i um i actually have a copy of it and i will tell you if if this um reverie series update comes out and a they do a good job. I'm probably going to sell my old copy of it. Ooh. Yep. Because I am very, very excited that Klonoa is back.
0: Yeah. I can't wait for a whole new generation of gamer to be introduced to the Klonoa franchise. And you know what? If the switch can bring Metroid to 3 million sales yes. then Klonoa can find relevance in 2022. I think, I think it could, I think it could, it could sell a lot of units. Let's make that a hashtag. (laughs) Klonoa is back. Klonoa is back, baby. (laughs) We then had Front Mission First Remake and Front Mission 2 Remake coming from Forever Entertainment in partnership with Square Enix. Now, the Front Mission series has... It was a big deal back in the PlayStation 1 generation, much like Klonoa but it has since waned in popularity and relevance in the modern gaming industry. What was your thought when you saw this tactical RPG make its appearance during a direct?
1: Uh, I thought it presented really well. I will say that I'm not really a front mission fan, um, but I do know that it is a beloved franchise and there are a lot of people that were excited about this. I saw I saw the trailer and I thought, yeah, this looks pretty good. You know, I think fans of, of, of this series are really going to be happy about it um it is for entertainment and they, i know you you have been critical of them in the past <laughs> but you know like with everything um i thought the trailer was good and let's see what they got you know
0: yeah it looks like they're fo- following the foundation of the original source material well it doesn't feel like they're really they're not doing too much with it i should say right when i looked at something like the panda dragoon them trying to bring it into modern times. They just, they changed a little too much. It needed several patches yeah. to really get the feel down. And with a tactical RPG, I guess you can't really deviate too far. Right. So this feels like it's a, probably be a quality release. I don't think they're going to butcher it in any way that we should be too concerned if you're a fan of the franchise and You know, I enjoy the tactical RPGs, depending on the pricing of the game. might be something I check out, but there's a lot of tactical RPGs coming this year to Switch. So it may be one of those I wait for a sale. And speaking of tactical... Yeah. Yeah, tactical RPG, it's Triangle Strategy. Now, this was something that Square Enix announced a year ago. It is coming out on March 4th. The big announcement for this game during the Direct was that you can download a demo from the eShop right now where you can play the entirety of Chapter 1 which takes or you can do chapter one to the end of chapter three, take you about five hours and you can save all of your progress and transfer it to the full game release on March 4th. So it is a worthwhile demo if you intend to buy the game in just a couple of weeks. We then had Live Alive, which we discussed earlier as one of our big surprises for this Direct. It comes out on July 22nd, so we don't have to wait too long to play this Fantastic RPG. Then had Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes. Comes out on June 24th. We also talked about this a little earlier as it surprised us because it was not the mainline Fire Emblem game that we were anticipating. But for fans of Three Houses, this is definitely a game you want to be on the lookout. It takes all the characters from Three Houses, like Dimitri and Claude and Edelgard. And you can... Do some devastating combos and kick some ass. We then had Cuphead, the delicious last course or Cuphead DLC. It is coming out on June 30th. This is one of those games that has been a long time in the making. And it is finally coming out on the multitude of platforms that the original Cuphead did come out on. That
1: delicious last course got a little cold, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's been ages. Like, I want to say we, we talked about this on a Nate to hate two years ago. Yeah. Am I, am I, am I I thinking about that
0: wrong? Well, we have talked about this before. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those situations where they announced the DLC probably a little too early. And I mean, I can go all the way back to when Cuphead came out on the switch, which is what two to three years ago now. And, they said once we have the DLC out is when we will do a complete retail copy. Yes. The DLC is just now coming out later this summer. And it has been a long time in the making. And you know what? Since you bring up that maybe this course is served a little cold, mm-hmm. I hate to bring up this title, but it's kind of found itself in a similar spot Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh, yeah.
1: I, w- I mean,. I'm pretty sure. There. I'm pretty sure we said it wasn't going to be there. Let's right. go, let's go back to the videotape. Like w- I mm-hmm. said, that it was not going to be at the direct because it's better to say it's not coming than it is coming because <laughs> you'll be you'll be right almost every time and you'll be wrong once. <laughs> if that makes
0: sense, that's true. But are you getting a little cold on Silk Song due to the weight? Yeah. or was Hollow Knight just such an exquisite game that it doesn't matter how long it takes?
1: I, I'm a little cold on, on Song Nate. I'm a little Ooh. cold on it. I mean, Ooh. I'm sure when they show it to us, it's going to be incredible, but when that will be, I don't know. They, they have to, they have to treat it like cuphead. You no, know, they got to put it in the microwave and nuke it for a little bit, you know, <laughs> got to get that delicious last course, nice and warmed up again, because it's been forever. I don't know when we'll see Song. <laughs> I mean, we we may get an indie showcase, but we've always we've, we've we've already kind right. of said that this is bigger than
0: an indie oh. showcase, you know. And that's the thing; like, we will get an indie showcase. There's always an indie showcase around GDC or even yep. PAX East, so there'll be an indie showcase in March or April, and the discussion will once again resurface: Is Hollow Knight Silk Song going to be there? Is Sports Story going to be there? And as you mentioned. Silksong kind of transcends indie status. Any other indie game in an indie world would be overshadowed immediately by the presence of Silksong. Yeah. And it's just almost unfair to any indie studio who has to compete with Silksong if you're in the same presentation. True. It has to be at a bigger venue, it has to be in a general direct or a summer game fest presentation where there's other massive announcements around it where it can stand toe to toe with them. And right. I mean, I don't want to say I'm cold on Silk Song, but it's definitely kind of reaching a point of you show it. Next time I see it, you better give me a release date and it better be coming out soon. Otherwise, I really don't want to see it. Right. It's kind of just hit that status for me. Yeah. Another game shown on the Direct was Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection, coming out February 17th, so next week.
1: Let's talk about this real quick. I don't want to spend too much time. But one of the things that they said was it had an optimized on-screen display. What does that (laughs) even mean? That's a great question. I guess they... Optimize the
0: mini-map? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, at the time, I thought, have they enhanced the visual somehow um, to make it look less blurry or something? But I don't really know what that means. Maybe Maybe, right, maybe they have just expanded the, you know, the, the, they've zoomed in a little bit on the minimap or something and
0: made it look better on maybe, a Switch live or something. It's been many years since I've played Assassin's Creed the Ezio collection on other platforms so i'm not sure if the optimized on-screen display was something that version had yeah but i mean i i like the idea of assassin's creed 2 being portable because assassin's creed 2 is by far my favorite assassin's creed game i just don't know if this is the best way to play this trio of games is necessarily going to be the switch but like if you have no other means to Wait for reviews and see how the quality of this port yes, is. Which is next week. Yes. A nice Valentine's gift from Ubisoft. There you go. Now, this next game baffles the mind <laughs> to the point where they're pulling some Jedi tricks on me or something. Because <laughs> I don't understand this release. And it's Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Now, this game had a PS3 and an Xbox 360 version. And then there was a Wii version and the Wii version is the one that this Switch version is based upon. We're getting an enhanced version of the original Wii game, and it visually looks inferior to the Xbox 360 game. Yep. Why?
1: I, I don't know, Nate. I can only assume that they only had access to the Wii version for this, this port. Like, maybe there was something um, going on with the uh, the source code on the PS3 or the Xbox 360. Maybe that source code is not available. It sounds like to me the only version they had available to work off of was the original Wii version. Why I don't know the answer to that. I think we'll never really know. And I mean, that's kind of a bummer. Like when when I saw that announcement, I was like, "Cool, this is actually a really good game and I'd love to play it again on the Switch." And then you kind of get let down by the fact that it's the original Wii version and you're like, "Oh,
0: yeah okay
1: well that's that's weird that that's taken a bit of a turn for the
0: worse i'm not so sure anymore maybe i should just play it on my 360 again you know and that was the thing as the trailer came up and i'm watching it i was like i don't remember the 360 version looking this bad i'm like but it's been many years and then they said oh it's based on the wii game i was like well that explains everything but why would you choose the wii game
1: That's a good question. I I don't know. And I don't think we'll ever really get an answer to that, but it's probably some technical issue or some issue where they were
0: basically forced to use the Wii version. Yeah, I mean, it's still a good game at its core to play as Darth Vader's apprentice. You get to use awesome abilities, you know, like the lightning and all that. So if you've never played Forced Unleash, this probably play won't be a bad version. pick. Yeah, play the 360 version if you can. <laughs> but if you only have a Switch, yeah. buy a 360. <laughs> that had Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp coming out April 8th.
1: Big announcement. We've- and I will say, I, I'm I'll, I'm happy to take the L on this, because I didn't think April the 8th was a thing. And... Uh, I was uh, informed that, yes, at the Direct, it will be on April the 8th, (laughs) so I'm very happy to see that get released, and I can't wait to play this game. Every time I see more of this game,
0: I get more excited about it. It does look better than the last time we saw it. The animations look a little smoother. I'm still not 100% sold on the Toy Soldier aesthetic. I wish it was a little more grit to really match that pixel look, but... It does look better. I love these two games, so I will be picking this up on April 8th. But oh. I think WayForward has done the best they can, even with injecting their own art style to the game and staying yeah. true to the original.
1: I I, I like the aesthetic, and it definitely t- took me a bit of time to get used to. I think the thing I really want now is Nintendo to really market this game well and and not just... Uh-huh. You know, leave it in in the dust to kind of do it. Do what it does by itself. <laughs> I, I really hope Nintendo does market this game well because it, it deserves it deserves to do well and it deserves all the success yes.
0: that that it that it can get. Hey, if Metroid Dread could sell three million, yep. Advance Wars One and Two can sell at least a million. Well, I, I'm
1: curious because Advance Wars. And maybe I'm wrong, Nate, but isn't Advance Wars uh, a, a good seller over in Japan? No, it's a terrible seller. Oh well, never mind then.
0: It's probably not going to sell three million. <laughs> uh, the this one hasn't been announced for Japan because uh, it was the last one on the DS. Mm. They didn't officially release in Japan. They gave it away as like a club Nintendo. Right, award to users in Japan, and the game sold. It didn't have great sales in the Western markets either. It sold okay, but Advanced Wars has really never been that big of a seller. And the fact that this one doesn't have a release date in Japan kind of makes you wonder the commitment that Nintendo has to this franchise, at least from the level of NCL. Yeah, NOA definitely wants this to be like a franchise, and that's why. I imagine you'd have a company like WayForward assigned to developing it. But hopefully, I want this to be that opportunity where Advance Wars can prove it has relevance in the Western markets, it can find success, and that Nintendo should invest a little more time and resources into the franchise to give it that rebirth moment. Because this is one of those franchises where I played on the Game Boy Advance and the DS I loved my time with these games. I loved the characters, the tactical and strategy elements that it had to it. And I'm really looking forward to playing, especially Advance Wars 2, on the Switch next month or April. But I want, I want this franchise to really make a comeback. I know they tried to do the Battalion Wars thing on the GameCube and the Wii. Oh, yeah. It didn't really that. take off. But maybe, you know what? Yeah. To touch on what we talked about earlier. Get Omega Force. It's time to make an Advanced Wars Muso game. <laughs> that would be cool. It fits, doesn't it? it? It absolutely fits. Let's go. You got the commanders out there as the as the character you could take control of. And you got the troops in front of you, you got the machine guns, you got artillery. There we go. Gave them their next idea. <laughs> We then got a Metroid Dread update, where there will be a free update that launched this week, where you can get one hit mode called Dread Mode. Then there's Rookie Mode, and there'll be another update in April that will add a Boss Rush Mode. I know people have been wanting new content for Metroid Dread. This may not necessarily be the content they were asking for, but gives users maybe another reason to dive back into the game if you are a masochist and think you can go through the game without getting hit once i am not we then had earthbound and earthbound beginnings were added to nintendo switch online this is something that fans have been begging for for a long time, and it finally happened. Now, if Nintendo could just bring Super Mario RPG to NSO, you'd have fans actually slightly satisfied with yeah, NSO mean, and NES and Super NES.
1: <laughs> I mean, clearly they have good relation, working relationships with Disney. They've got good relationships with uh, Square. They've got, you know, they, I don't see why they couldn't give us Super Mario RPG reasons I'm, I'm i guess there must be reasons but blame gino yeah um i mean <laughs> you're probably right but I, I do wonder you know again like you said about chrono trigger does does this open up the door for mario rpg at some point it,
0: oh it don't don't give me hope of that <laughs> mario rpg in an hd2d oh man that would be something That's an E3 Megaton. Oh, big time.
1: If that happened. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not only a Mario game. It's also, um, you know, it's a uh, a remaster as well.
0: That'd be kind of cool. That'd be legendary. (laughs) If that had No Man's Sky. Remember this game? Yeah, uh, on the PlayStation many, many years ago. Yep,
1: remember it well. Is it good now uh apparently it's it's really good now hmm. uh, but I think it's one of those games where look it's it's really cool that the switch is getting it and um, in many ways, you know it could be like the definitive version of play, but I don't know like I, I think everything that they the the team set out to accomplish is all done and they've added so much more to that game uh, so I think it's this is a good get for the switch. But it's not really something that I personally will be that into checking out. And I got to say, right. um, I don't know about you, but the frame rate looked a little choppy to me when I was yeah. saw the presentation.
0: Like I always hold, you know, my judgment on reserve. Yeah. Until the game's actually out, of course. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you see those trailers and presentations where it's like eh, it looked a little rough, and the final product looks better, but. With No Man's Sky, you really don't know what you're going to get. Because there was that whole marketing debacle leading up to the PlayStation 4 launch. So this is definitely a curious release that kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe it does find a nice home on Switch when it comes a little later this year. So I'll be curious as to the final state when it does come to the platform. That had Disney Speedstorm. If you are a Disney and Pixar fan, this combat Racer may be of interest. Had Kirby and the Forgotten Land, where we were introduced to Mouthful Mode, where Kirby was <laughs> eating vending machines and cars and the planet. This could be game of the year, honestly, Nate. This game looks incredible. It does. Uh, this is that ambitious Kirby game we have been waiting for for years. The fact that it is a 3D platformer, Everything about this is just hitting every single beat for me. And I cannot wait to dive into this game. It looks delightful. The soundtrack, the characters, the abilities. This is going to be a game that I play with a smile on my face from start to finish.
1: Uh, Yeah. This has the potential of being my game of the year.
0: Yeah. I, I cannot wait for this to come out next month on March 25th. Bring it on. I... Because the last great Kirby game, in my opinion, was Kirby Planet Robobot on the 3DS. Yep, I, I really enjoyed uh, Planet Robobot. Yeah, this one looks like it's gonna. This is this could be the best Kirby ever made. Uh, easily, that's, yeah. That's no small feat, right? Because you have you have Kirby's Dreamland, Nightmare in Dreamland, Return to Dreamland. There are so many great Kirby games, and this one really does look to be the best of the best.
1: And this is like a statement game as well. It's like, it's almost like Nintendo saying Kirby shouldn't be, you know, in the, in the B team anymore. This is a game that is going to really transcend Kirby to be a, a list Mm -hmm. game going forward, because we've really put so much money, time and investment into this game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, if, if it's as good as the trailer, looks i think it will i think uh you know there's going to be a lot of new kirby fans on march 25th
0: picking up this game yeah this if this isn't the best-selling kirby game of all time i will be very shocked yeah uh yeah i think i think it will be right i think this will be the best selling i think it will have the highest metacritic score for the kirby franchise Yep. And I think this this is, this is a new beginning for the Kirby franchise as a whole. And if this is the direction they're going to go in moving forward, sign me up. Then had a new trailer for Splatoon 3 where they showed the new Salmon Run co-op mode. In my opinion, this was one of the weirdest trailers of the entire Direct. Yep. <laughs> it what? kind of went on a little too long. It had the music and I was kind of sitting there the whole time like... What is happening what was going on with this the salmon were invading it was a weird trailer man it, it was a weird trailer. i don't think they highlighted the salmon run mode the best they could with that trailer it felt like an acid trip gone bad it really did <laughs> i think they needed
1: someone to just an outside party to look at this trailer before the direct
0: started and say <laughs> give us your honest take on this yeah i think it was like the music just don't have like, dang, 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 dang dang i was like what is going on and i mean the visuals of the game look yeah great. like a great improvement over splatoon 2 i was surprised that they did not commit an actual release month or day to the game they're still sticking with the very vague summer, summer. well the developer in me
1: translates that to we're still not quite sure when we'll be done with development of this game
0: so now as you know i'll ask the developer in you when you say summer Mm -hmm. what months are summer do you go meteorological summer which would be june through august or do you go actual summer From like the 21st, like the Equinoxes. I I usually just go June through August. Okay. Yeah. So right now, if you had a hunch, based on the lineup Nintendo has dated up to this point, so we have Triangle Strategy in March with Kirby. Then for April, we have Advanced Wars and Nintendo Switch, which we'll get to. Nothing in May. Mm -hmm. And then in June, we have strikers and fire emblem yeah and then in july we have live alive where would you plot splatoon three for those summer months because the next dated game officially from nintendo is xenoblade chronicles 3 which is september
1: i think it's an august august game okay early august definitely towards the tail end of summer but that's what i would say I don't. i don't think it's going to be um, like I don't think it's going to be a May game. Although, I mean,
0: it could, you know, it could be, but... You don't think maybe the first half of July? Because they have no releases from June 24th until July 22nd. Well, that's true. I mean, it could be
1: a, a a July game as well, but I don't know. I just, you know, again, I just feel like they're still not quite sure when, mm-hmm. when this game's going to
0: be done. So yeah, they're just I was kind of gonna- leaving that window open. I was getting that vibe too, of almost like we're still working on certain things in the background and we just can we cannot commit to a specific date at the moment. Yeah. And past Splatoon games, we've always seen them do a Splatfest. And the fact that they didn't say stay tuned for Splatfest information coming at a later date would suggest to me that that's something that they would probably have if they have a June direct around the traditional E3 window. Right. Is that's when we would get that information along with the release date for the game which you could still have in that first half of july if you have the june in the first week or the direct in the first week of june yep but yeah i think i think my expectation right now is july through august for this game yeah because that lack of a commitment to a release window at this point was definitely surprising definitely
1: a little bit of a surprise because yeah i would have expected a date for this game at this
0: direct (laughs) We then had Portal Companion Collection. This is Portal One and Portal Two from Valve Software, the first release from Valve on the Switch. Yep. Now, pretty cool. It's cool. I mean, the Portal games are definitely well regarded. Definitely a random out there late port for the Switch. Why not just give us the gull box? Uh, sorry the
1: the orange box. Why don't, why don't we get the orange box instead and just
0: give us Half-Life 2? <laughs> That's why. Because then Valve has to acknowledge that <laughs> Half-Life exists beyond Half-Life Alex, <laughs> And they don't want you to remember they made a Half-Life 2. <laughs> I, know, like- I I will say that
1: I know there are a lot of fans of Portal. I never got into Portal at all.
0: But yeah. Man, never-
1: it's cool that it's coming. But definitely not something that I'm, I'm going to pick up.
0: Yeah, I never really got into the Portal games, but I'm sure there's people who probably love them back in the day on their 360, or uh, PS3, P- you know, PC who would love to revisit them on the Switch and go through all the puzzles and this is the game that the cake was a lie or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that doesn't come back into gaming lingo. I don't <laughs> need to hear that again where everyone's like the cake is the, a lie. Nintendo's going to tweet it in their marketing, I'm sure. Oh yeah. They'll have like a fake Yoshi cake or something. On the, <laughs> I'd be like, no. <laughs> then had Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. Oh my This God. is a remastered version of PlayStation 1's Chrono Cross. And Why? the first time ever, Radical Dreamers is coming to North America. This is a text-based adventure game. It will be available on the Switch on April 7th.
1: It doesn't quite work, and you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off. The uh. way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. <laughs> Why? Damn! This didn't look very good. Let's be honest. It looked it looked pretty bad. I know there are fans of Corona Cross that are listening to this show, and I'm sorry, but Corona Cross is not a good game, and this remaster <laughs> is, does not look very good at all. It doesn't look very good at all. Uh, compared, I found it f- compared funny. to Live Alive, um, yeah. and some of the other remasters that that we're seeing, this
0: was uh, oh, it looks pretty rough. I found it hilarious that they started the trailer with a cutscene that looked to be running at about 10 frames a second. <laughs> and it was like, oh no. It's if you love Chrono Trigger, don't play Chrono Cross. Yes. That's the best advice I can give. Yeah. And you know, this is a game I will take an L on. The information I had heard back in December was that it was possibly a PlayStation a PlayStation Timed exclusive. That was very wrong. It's available on all platforms, so, which is good. It lets more people play it, but at the same time, it's bad because it lets more people play it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another one of those can games I, can where- Can I say
1: Chrono Cross is the Super Mario Sunshine of RPGs? Wow. Um, would that be fair?
0: Does it have as as many redeeming qualities as Sunshine? See, that's the thing.
1: I feel bad for Sunshine by saying that now. So maybe let me think about that a little more.
0: (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Then had MLB The Show 2022. This is the first time MLB The Show has come to Nintendo Switch. This is the first Sony Published game for the Switch, and I'm gonna say it. This looked bad.
1: It did, it didn't look good at all, Nate. I'm I'm glad you you you're agreeing with me on this because I I could see what they were going for. And if you just kind of looked at it at a glance, you'd be like, damn, it looks that looks pretty good. But if you actually
0: watch this trailer, it looks pretty rough. It it looks like MLB the show from the PlayStation 3. Yeah. Yep. And the series has evolved a lot since the PlayStation 3 generation. And it's, it's just a really rough showing. I thought they were going to be able to push the visuals a little more, especially if they are taking advantage of everything the Switch can do. But given we don't know the allocations of resources for the Switch version, that uh, maybe it was a small team. Like, we don't know if Sony San Diego... was actually the team who made this version. I would say, and again, I don't know this, I would
1: say probably not. I feel like it was outsourced.
0: That would be my assumption as well. And we will find out who that is in due course, I'm sure. Yeah, once the game comes out on April 5th, go through the credits, You know, we'll find out who was the lead developer on the Switch version. But I mean, the fact that this game is on Game Pass for the Xbox line of consoles... That it will be on PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. If you have any other means of playing MLB the show, do it on any of those platforms over the switch. I mean, i get I get the appeal would be that you can still continue due to cross progression. So if you're playing the season or the road to the show, you can play it on your switch. do the cross you know cross progression by transferring your data towards another system while you're at home but this was just a really rough looking game. I expected better of MLB the show on the switch. And, you know, it it was one of those titles. I would have had a passing interest in maybe trying on switch because I'm a big baseball fan, but what was shown during this direct did not sell me on the game. Like maybe, maybe this is a game I would pick up towards black Friday when baseball games are discounted to like 15 bucks, but not at launch. I I'll play it on game pass just like I did. MLB the show 2021. (laughs) Then had Next Level Games introduce Mario Strikers Battle League. We talked about this a little earlier. Then had Monolith Soft finally reveal Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Be coming out in September. This is a lot sooner than I was anticipating. I thought they were going to slot it in for a December release, which we have seen them do with Xenoblade Chronicles 2, as well as Xenoblade Chronicles X. So it coming in September is definitely curious. and. It potentially paves way to something that we'll touch on a little later in the show. We then had Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass, which is 48 remastered courses from across the Mario Kart series, including Mario Kart Tour. So if you've never played Mario Kart Tour, you'll finally get to see some of those unique courses that were designed specifically for the mobile version of Mario Kart. you get 48 remastered courses for just $24.99 or you can get them for free if you are subscribed to nintendo switch online's expansion pack and that's something we'll also get into a little later and finally we had nintendo switch sports this is something we talked a little about towards the opening of the show but here's a question i have for you mvg when you look at nintendo switch Sports? Do you think the developer is Nintendo or the same development team who did Switch or Wii Sports? Or do you think Switch Sports could potentially have been developed by the team at Bandai Namco and the team that did Go Vacation? Because when I look at these Miis, the character design is very reminiscent to Go Vacation. And Bandai Namco did assist Nintendo with the Wii U version of Wii Sports. This is a tough, tough question.
1: I mean, honestly, it could go either way, but I think Bandai Namco was the developer on this because for for the exact reasons that you said. it, It seems like aesthetically there are some similarities there. I will go with that, but, you know, it could go either way on this one. Could just be internally Nintendo developed as well. But
0: I think it's Bandai Namco. I could definitely see them probably collaborating again on this project. And this is as excited as I am for this project because I loved Wii Bowling and Wii Tennis, even Wii Golf. But, you know, it's one of those free updates that will come in the fall. And we do have an online play test that's taking place on February 18th through the 20th at very specific time slots. I need to actually play these games with. The Joy-Con, I need to see how Bowling controls. I need to see if it is precise. Yeah. Because if the controls aren't good, my excitement for this release dwindles.
1: I agree. I think there's definitely some questions around the controls, whether they can actually pull them off in the same way as, you know, the classic Wii Sports series. But I'm also quite hopeful. I mean, dude, this could be this year's Clubhouse Games for me, (laughs) you know.
0: You're right. Yeah, it could be. And I mean, the game comes out April 29th. So it's right around the corner. I just need to know that Joy-Con motion controls are going to be flawless because based on the game's product page, there are no traditional controls. So it's motion or nothing. Yep. And like all of these games need to have pinpoint motion controls, So if you're bowling and you want to throw some spin, it has to recognize that wrist movement. If you are playing golf later this year, it has to make sure your velocity is right when you hit the ball or if you're slicing the ball. All of these things have to be tuned to perfection. There can't be any, any real lag or input latency. Here's it has a, to be accurate. Here's another question. The switch light. How does that kind of work? I guess it's not, right? Technically, you could play it in table mode. In tabletop top mode? Like you're you holding it, yeah. the Switch and you're like flinging that? <laughs> yeah, I guess I, you could. I guess you'd have to put the Switch light in a stand on a table and have yeah. another pair of Joy-Cons. Yeah, I think, I think basically this game will require Joy-Cons. To yeah, play. so... I mean it's I'm looking forward to the release as long as the controls are good.
1: Yeah, it's I mean the the you know what we saw at the director it made the controls look flawless but yeah we we know that um <laughs> in the real world there may be some challenges around that stuff but we'll see you know like maybe they've they've figured out a way to make this work we'll we'll have to wait and mm-hmm. see. Um
0: I am curious to see how the motion controls do work though. Yeah, I mean Overall, in terms of content shown in this direct, it was one of Nintendo's strongest. For for years, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of diversity, a lot of quality. And I would say this was something here for everyone. If you're a big fan of RPGs, you ate well. Oh, yeah. If you're a fan of Nintendo made content, you ate well. There was really nothing here that I would say was lacking I guess if you're a Zelda fan, you walked away disappointed. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, this was a really well paced, well put together direct. It started the year strong for Nintendo. It showed how much momentum they have going into these opening months of 2022. And it also brings up the future for Nintendo in 2022 and even beyond. Because you could look at a game like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass. This. It's going to take them the calendar year of 2022 and 2023 to release. There will be eight courses released at a time over six waves. So we're going to get three waves this year, three waves next year. Mm -hmm. And that has led to a lot of speculation that Nintendo will not have new hardware of any kind until 2024 at the earliest, solely based on this rollout calendar. I don't know if I agree with that mentality.
1: I don't know if I agree with that mentality either. I don't think you can assume that based on Mario Kart DLC for the next couple of years. I don't think that alone is enough to say, well, Nintendo is making a statement here that we're not going to make any new hardware for a while based on this. I don't think that alone will paint any picture of what Nintendo is doing because I could easily turn around Nate and, and, argue that all the third party games that we saw at this direct, while some of them were quite impressive, a lot of them didn't look very good. We already talked about MLB, the show, some of uh-huh. them ran um, at pretty poor frame, frame rates, you know? So the, what I'm, what I'm getting at is how much longer, you know, do third parties have to, you know, use the the current switch knowing that we're getting to a point now where we may be hitting some barriers as far as what's achievable. Now, it's all fine and, and dandy to say, look, Nintendo is going to keep making games and Mario Kart is printing money. Absolutely. But eventually, if you don't do anything, then third parties are going to be saying to themselves, well, is it really worth the time and investment making a Switch version, knowing that you know we may have to spend quite a bit of time on performance or it may not look as good as as our mainline versions and and, and things like that so mm-hmm. I I don't put too much stock in in the Mario Kart DLC making a statement. I think that there is a plan to release new new switch hardware and I think that plan hasn't altered now when that will be I guess we still don't really know but I mean I probably would say, maybe sometime next year or the year after that we'll we'll get to hear about what's next for the switch i don't think mm-hmm. you know this is a statement saying that there there is nothing nothing on the roadmap for a while i mean i mean i'm i'm curious to hear uh, your your thoughts on this
0: i mean i don't think that there's not enough to correlate The presence or introduction of new hardware due to the Mario Kart 8 DLC rollout. Because, as we've discussed, let's say they still position the hardware that has been discussed in the past by ourselves, Bloomberg, Nikkei, as a pro. Yeah. As long as it's backwards compatible with this Mario Kart, then the rollout of the DLC doesn't matter. Right. It's we could you could play this Mario Kart at higher resolution with, you know, other visual enhancements. And one of the curious things, and I'm sure it means nothing, is when I was looking at the press kit for the Mario Kart stuff, some of the screenshots were 6K. Mm -hmm. Now, super sampling screenshots in these press kits are nothing new, and it likely means nothing. But it was curious, and I'm not in any way implying that this means this is a title that is already being developed with a Switch revision or a Switch successor in mind. I just found it kind of odd, because not all of the games shown have that 6K super sampling option available for download. It was Mario Kart and Switch Sports. So I was kind of like, okay, that's an interesting note. But when I look at the Mario Kart DLC rollout, which admittedly, I think this is late. This feels like something that Nintendo should have done a couple of years ago. And I guess the only argument against that is the NSO inclusion, that they are, they are adding value to that yep. expansion pack, which is something we talked about last year and how they had Animal Crossing attached to it. Animal Crossing maybe was a good introductory title but you needed something bigger because not yes, animal crossing sold 30 million copies, but you needed a game that was a little more presence to really make it feel as though it has value. Mario Kart is that answer. Now with that $25 or $20 additional, no $30 a year with all of these new courses and no extra charge, it's starting to feel like a value.
1: Yeah. And I'll be the first one to admit that as well. You know, um, when they were announcing the DLC, I was thinking to myself before they made the announcement, they really, what would be really cool is if they add this to the NSO expansion pack. Mm-hmm. And surely enough, they did. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the kind of the variable that I've been looking for to really make this a good value add. And I think with this now, you know, I could, I could probably recommend NSO expansion to someone and say, "Yep, Mm -hmm. you're getting. If you're a fan of Mario Kart, you're getting all these amazing, you know, add-ons. Plus, now all of a sudden you're getting access to a Nintendo 64 library and Sega Genesis library, which N64, as we've mentioned before, is starting to get better as far as the overall emulation quality as well. So all of Mm -hmm. a sudden, the NSO expansion is starting to, you know, to to be a lot more desirable um, than it was. You know, say back last November. So, yeah, I mean, Nintendo is definitely making the right
0: moves here with with, with uh, the DLC. Yeah, and then we still have titles like Splatoon 3 that will come this year, and we know that's going to have DLC as well. So now you implement that to NSO, and that's one of the things that this Direct really illustrated is Nintendo's commitments to NSO moving forward, is that we've seen their plans of how they want to implement DLC from these games to the service. Mario Kart being the second iteration following Animal Crossing, Splatoon 3 likely to follow suit. And with that type of commitment from their big releases, they do increase that value. They make it look enticing to the base. And as we talked about over a month ago, Nintendo doing this DLC isn't surprising. As I mentioned, it feels as though it's something Nintendo should have done a couple of years ago. And I remember when we talked about premise of a Mario Kart 10, Mario Kart X Infinity. However, the rumors wanted to frame it coming to Switch this year. And I was dismissive of it because it didn't make sense to me. And one of the reasons was is you already had a base of 45 million people who were playing Mario Kart 8 or who have bought into Mario Kart 8. You bring a new Mario Kart to the Switch. Yes, it's going to sell well, but you're still going to have a large percentage of people who are happy with Mario Kart 8 that you're just not going to get bite. And you're better off waiting for your brand new generation of hardware that Nintendo's always done in the past. You get one Mario Kart per system. And it seems as though they are acknowledging that. They want to keep it to one Mario Kart and speak to that base of 50 million players and say, you can either subscribe to our service for $50 a year, get all these courses for free, or you can buy them for $25, which comes out to 52 cents a track. Yeah. Which is a great deal. And out of those 50 million people, you know you're going to get a decent percentage of them who are likely already subscribed to NSO because they're playing Mario Kart Online. So now they may upgrade to the $50 a year version, or they're paying you $25 to access all this content. You're going to get a fairly large percentage of that 50 million current base to invest in this. And that's a lot of money. This and when you look at the content, these are remastered courses. A lot of them just being transferred from Mario Kart Tour. So the effort and even some of the work being put into this mm-hmm. isn't costing Nintendo millions and millions of dollars. Like yep. yes, is there a time investment and a, and you know all that being factored in? Yes, but this is a game that's just printing money for Nintendo. Yeah, I mean,
1: you're absolutely right, Nate. You know, like it's 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 a game that is is going to um stay the course of the generation and maybe beyond. You know, until they literally turn the servers off, and that could be ten years from now. Quite honestly, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think you know we have to make the the distinction between the DLC and what's What's on the roadmap for Nintendo, and 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 I think that those two things uh, are, are different. You know, they're not. One uh-huh. doesn't determine the other. You know, right? Just because the latest sales figures show that Mario Kart continues to sell, doesn't mean Nintendo put the brakes on and said, "Oh, rather than um, bringing out a, a Switch <laughs> Pro, let's let's maybe pivot and then bring out some DLC for Mario Kart 9. I think the roadmap for for the the switch successor switch pro switch two i don't know what we want to call it i think that's been set in stone for a (laughs) while and yeah i would continue to expect to see something
0: Mm -hmm. um you know uh, in the future i would almost argue that the roadmap of mario kart dlc if anything supports the idea of a pro because as you mentioned with the third party games we're seeing these games run. In rougher and rougher states. And third parties are going to begin to shift away from the Switch because the titles they're working on are becoming more demanding because they're now focused on PS5 and Xbox Series. And as scalable as engines are, you can't do the impossible. The Switch was already getting miracle ports of PS4 and Xbox One games. Those developers are now moving away from those platforms. So if you come out with a Switch Pro and position it like a Game Boy Color, or a PS4 Pro, anything, a stopgap. You begin to get a few more of those ports. You make the third-party developers happy. And a title like Mario Kart 8, you're, again, you're buying extra time. It's, we don't need to come out with a new Mario Kart. That can wait for a true successor because the Pro is backwards compatible with the Switch.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And here's your DLC. You're satisfied. You're getting 4K graphics with DLSS support you're satisfied with that product right now and we can buy ourselves an extra three years until we have to bring out a true successor you could almost look at it that way as this reinforces the idea of that Game Boy color iteration of hardware as a stopgap yeah it's yeah. not the perfect argument but you can see where I'm going with it yeah
1: uh, no, I know I, I agree with you I mean yeah. um the third party stuff is really what what it comes down to and you know like we've already starting to see some games you know use the cloud the cloud versions and stuff and then mm-hmm. some of the games that we saw at the direct um if you again if you kind of look at them in a vacuum kind of by themselves and not kind of take in the hype of the direct itself which was a admittedly one of nintendo's best in many years but if you take a look at some of the trailers of the third-party games and look at the graphics and some closer detail, look at the frame rates, you can notably see that there's some frame rate issues, there's some graphical fidelity issues, there's frame pacing issues, there's choppiness, there's thing, there's there's some things like that are going on. And you could say, look, it's a third-party game, of course, that's what you kind of come to expect on the Switch. But eventually, you know, we have to we have to say that at some point third parties are going to be saying to themselves, you know, we, we need something more than this now. You know, we, mm-hmm. we what's next? You know, we've mm-hmm. kind of tapped out our resources here. we got to think about the future. You know, if you want us to keep yes. developing on this hardware, then give us something something extra, something more. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I again, you know, I think that that is the message. And I think Nintendo acknowledges that. And, um, you know, I again, I don't expect that Mario Kart's DLC really has any bearing on on what we see next from Nintendo in the next couple of years.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have to bring it up because I know it's in the minds of a lot of people. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has been slated for a September 22nd release. And immediately people went to... If Xenoblade is coming out in September and not the usual December slot that it's had in the past, that means Nintendo is leaving their holiday open for something big. Something like Breath of the Wild 2. Now, Breath of the Wild 2 was not at this direct, which it was never going to be at this direct. It wasn't a surprise. Yeah, it really had no no relevance or purpose to be at this direct.
1: It would have been kind of odd, honestly, if it was shown
0: yeah yeah it would have been when i was like "Hmm." it'll make its next appearance at the next direct around e3 time you know june and do you think xenoblade is september because they are making the holiday clear for a title of breath of the wild 2 or do you still believe breath of the wild 2 is not making 2022
1: Nate, I still believe breath of the wild Two is not making 2022. Um, but the rest of what you said, I believe is to be accurate. I think there is another game that's going to, um, be the holiday game for this year, which we will hear about at the next direct now. Um, I mean, it could be breath of the wild Two. I mean, let's be honest. They may, (laughs) they may rally the troops and get the game ready. I've certainly been wrong in predictions. Um, in the past and I could well be on this one. But yeah, I mean, I feel like they are leaving that window open, that door open for the big, big, you know, end of year game um, and, and moving or you know, sliding out um, Xenoblade Chronicles three into September instead. I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense.
0: See, Breath of the Wild 2 releasing this year is still one of those iffy things for me. Do I believe they want it out in November 100%? Do I believe that they are confident that it will happen at this point? No. And when we look at some of the other titles that have 2022 dates attached to them, but no official month, like Bayonetta 3. Yep, Bayonetta 3. That's safe to assume it's coming out, you know, October. It's Halloween. She's a Witch. Metroid Prime 1 Remake yeah the metroid prime one remaster comes out this year i suspect that's going to be slotted around the holiday
1: what about uh wind waker hd and twilight princess
0: hd that's the one of those titles that feels like once we know where breath of the wild 2 is going to be placed then we learn what the fate of those two games are if come june we find out breath of the wild 2 is coming march 2023 I think those are kind t- those two games. All of a sudden, they're just like thrown in for uh, you know the first week of September. What
1: about this? It's like, oh, yeah, here they go. What if at the E3 Direct this year, mm-hmm. Metroid just drops? Metroid Prime Four is coming out holiday 2022,
0: <laughs> and that would be a pretty big announcement. Like boom! And it, Breath of the Wild Two is. It's such that unknown variable at this point. And there's yeah. so much of the release window that you can't really gauge without knowing what the plan for Breath of the Wild 2 is. Because the first half of the year, a lot of these months have two games in it. So mm-hmm. that could continue throughout the calendar year. And like May is absent of any release. I believe that Nintendo will throw in the one Two switch sequel in the month of May. It wasn't at the direct. It didn't need to be at the direct. That can very easily be a Twitter drop. And I've seen some people say, well, it wasn't at the direct. That means it wasn't real. It's real. The casual game I was talking about wasn't switch sports. That game's awesome. One Two switch sequel is the game I was referring to. It exists. Nintendo could announce it in early April after the fiscal year concludes, say it's coming out in the second half of May and everyone can be disappointed together. Now there is the chance. You know what? This is a question for you, MVG. If a game goes into QA, Mm -hmm. what are the odds the game could still be shelved following QA?
1: It could happen. The odds, though, are pretty low because if you're in QA, then you've pretty much, already gone through the entire development process uh-huh. and you're, you're kind of at the tail end of, of development, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but having said that, you know, QA is different for different companies. Uh, a lot of companies will kind of right. iterate, right? So they'll, they'll get an early alpha build out and then QA will start testing that. Then they'll get a um we'll we'll call it a, a, a an early beta release and then so QA is always involved right but there's also more traditional software development where the QA team kind of comes in at the end once the development team has a a a build of the game which they feel is is pretty good then they'll hand it over to QA um, I can use my example with working with someone like WayForward. When we developed River City Girl Zero, which by the way is coming out on Monday, pick it up on the eShop. Um, we, uh, we developed the game and then we sent builds to WayForward so they could start QA testing the game. And that was towards the end of development. So they weren't testing the game during development. So it really mm-hmm. depends on, I guess, the development process. But in general, Nate, I think that it would be the percentage would be extremely low. I would say, okay. um, at that point. But it could that's happen. Definitely th- it could happen.
0: Yeah. Because that's the thing with this game. Like, you know, I heard about it. Maybe Nintendo looked at it and said, man, this game sucks. Yep. We're not going to release it. So it's kind of one of those cases, like, if we don't hear about it by May, I would say Nintendo probably decided to shelve it. It's but- possible. I mean, all it takes is
1: one executive to look right. at the game and say, it, 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 I mean... I hate to say this because it's is cliched, right? But let's say Miyamoto took a look at the game for whatever reason. He was like, he was he was in a meeting and and he he decided to look at it. He all he could need all he needs to say is this game looks terrible. We 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 can't release this. And you know, I mean that that could be enough pull for them to pull the game. And I'm I'm not saying any of that is real because that that is some fan fiction. But you understand what I'm saying? It just takes one right. one leader in, in the leadership group to yes. basically kind of kill the game off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably not happened here, but that's the way a lot of games have been cancelled and, and shelved in, in recent, you know, in, in the past. It's, it's mm-hmm. just video games. Like, just because, you know, you've been working on something for months, you don't necessarily have a great look at a 50,000-foot view of the game itself and, and if the game's actually any fun or if it's any good. Sometimes you need an outside, you know, party mm-hmm. to to really kind of give you a come to Jesus meeting and say, "This game isn't very good, guys." You know, we may need to kind of go back to the drawing board on this. Um, but just all my speculation and and certainly, mm-hmm. you know, just my thoughts. I'm not saying game is either cancelled or it's not. But you know, it, those things have happened before. No, no question.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just exploring the possibility. Like, if we don't hear, like. The game exists if it doesn't come to market, it very easily just could have been a case Nintendo said, hey, we decided not to bring it. And it's kind of one of those cases if we don't hear about it by May. Yeah, that may have been the case here. Like as we looked at the lineup every month outside of May has no releases. So it seems like a good fit for such a title. Every other month up to July has two games slotted in. Then July has one Splatoon three is just a vague summer. And then September just with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And that's where the only other games on 2022 docket from Nintendo are Bayonetta 3 and Breath of the Wild 2. And that's where I entertain that possibility of the next mainline Fire Emblem still coming out this year. And it could fit into first half of September, maybe October, and you would still have room for Breath of the Wild 2. You'd still have room for Metroid Prime. Because mm-hmm. Nintendo has a surplus of software this year. And this surplus was caused by COVID delays. Yep. Games slid from 2020 into 2021. Some releases that were slotted for 2021 are now in 2022. And eventually, there was just an overflow. And that's why you see the first half of this year just packed with releases. And to Nintendo's benefit, they are putting enough time between them anywhere from 2 to 3 weeks if they have multiple releases in a single month to allow each game to breathe but that's where Breath of the Wild 2 is still that unknown variable to me i think it makes the fiscal year coming up i just i just don't have great confidence that it will be november of 2022 Right now, I Mm. still think they're working towards it.
1: I think you're right. I I think they're pushing hard to get there. Yes, but I just don't know if if that's the case. But I will say this, Nate. Like you know, we've said that this could be Nintendo's biggest year since 2017. Breath of the Wild Two needs to be in a part of that conversation. Otherwise, it will not be. It'll still be a great year for them. Don't get me wrong, but it will Mm -hmm. not reach the the high high points of 2017 if Breath of the Wild Two is not in this. In in this calendar year.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's where, when we look at this direct with the Mario Kart DLC and just some of the glimpses of Nintendo moving forward, like we've seen glimpses of how NSO is going to continue to grow with expansion packs, with their multiplayer driven games, and almost how we're seeing games like Mario Kart evolve into a games as a service of sorts for Nintendo. We haven't seen them do this for a game before. In any capacity we've seen smash brothers get dlc fighters and some new stages but mario kart is basically giving you a whole new game for half the price of a full release and it's going to take two years to roll out they gave they gave us a roadmap yep something they don't do (laughs) and then we have just the software where it they gave such a detailed roadmap of the next six months of how they're going to roll out brand new releases and there'll be small eShop games and such thrown into the mix. But I love how we really have vision for this calendar year right now. In the first week of February we have some clarity as to how 2022 is going to go for Nintendo and it looks amazingly strong. Breath of the Wild 2 is really just that unknown at this point of whether or not it makes it and we should have that answer come June, when we get an update on the game during that Summer Direct? We'll find out. Right now, I'd really say it's a coin toss. Yeah,
1: I agree. Um, It could really go either way, but it does look like there is, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has left that that window open for for a big game at the end of the year, whether that is Breath of the Wild 2 or something else. We will have to wait and Mm -hmm. see, probably until June, as you said. But um, yes, yeah, very, very strong, very strong roadmap. You know, uh, mm-hmm. for the first half of this year, again, probably one of the best ones we've seen for quite a while. And um, I think Nintendo really did respond to, I mean, they don't really respond to anyone. But you know, last <laughs> year was was uh, was a good year for them. But you know, it was kind of a lot weaker, you know, software wise this year. So far is at least is um is going extremely well and is on track for uh, mm-hmm. an incredible year. So um,
0: bring it on. Yeah, it's just a lot of there's a lot of flow yep. in these software releases where it's just one thing after the other and their quality. None of them really feel they, none of them feel like a filler release. Yes. And yep. if you can end a year with Metroid Prime, a new Fire Emblem midline game, Breath of the Wild 2 something related to Mario with the movie tie-in. It's a fantastic way to end the year. And I think as gamers, you're going to look at your wallet and cry because it's just every other week you're taking out your wallet saying, here you go. Mm-hmm. But definitely a good direct and we can do some of the Streamlabs. labs what, what Ooh, One more question. oh <laughs> We have to give it a letter grade. Oh, God. I think I'll give it an A-. minus.
1: I am going to give it an A- as well. I thought it was Nintendo's uh, best direct in a long time. Uh, it was definitely in the A bracket. But there are one or two things that really could have elevated it into a higher tier, which did not happen. But overall, I was pretty impressed with with the direct it kind of walked away feeling like yeah that was that was a good one
0: yeah i like the flow of information that was given i could have done without the odd volleyball sequence that just kind of slowed the pacing of the direct down but the quality of software that was on display the commitment to some of the legacy and evergreen titles with mario kart 8 dlc was really refreshing to see from a company like nintendo them going back to some of the that legacy software from the Wii with Switch Sports and Mario Strikers and getting an NSO update with the inclusion of Earthbound, it just spoke to everything that the Switch represents, and that's why I go to an A minus. Had we seen something really completely unexpected like GoldenEye yep. being added to NSO expansion pack in March, yep, I think that would have been that. It would have been a more hyped announcement than Earthbound. Earthbound is still pretty niche. GoldenEye would have been a whoa moment, especially just when you look at all the legalities involved with, you know, Microsoft and Nintendo. But overall, I mean, I think this is the exact direct Nintendo needed to start off the year. And definitely a lot to look forward to between now and, you know, September. So even a June direct, getting updates on some of the stuff, a June direct can be, Massive mm-hmm. in terms of announcements. And it feels as though Nintendo did still hold some stuff close to their chest because all of these announcements are coming out. Everything in this direct comes out in the next few months. So, you know, Nintendo is holding on to some big announcements for their next direct to fill out the remainder of 2022. Yes. And now some of the Streamlabs. Our first one comes from Baba Bowie, who donated $2.35 and writes, Soap shoes. They were product placement in Sonic Adventure 2. Does anyone remember this? Know anyone who ever had a pair? Apparently Healy's bought the brand, but they haven't done much with it. These would be popular with the parkour crowd today. What the hell
1: are (laughs) soap shoes? I have no idea. I have no idea. I
0: don't remember this. <laughs> yep, I don't remember. That. <laughs> we then had a six dollar and seventy seven cent donation from Kamen Cooper. All he right, hey guys, love your work. Arlo released a video a few weeks back, wishing for a Viva Pinata switch port. With Rare and Nintendo working together with projects like Banjo Kazooie on NSO, do you think that there's a chance of this happening? A couple of years ago, when Microsoft and Nintendo were talking about bringing Microsoft software to the Switch, Viva Pinata was one of the titles that was being discussed. Since this was over two and a half, almost three years ago, and we haven't seen anything happen on that front, I would imagine we're not going to see it happen. But it would be fantastic to see Viva Piñata come to Switch because the Switch is the perfect platform for Viva Piñata. So right now, I would say chances are low, but not impossible. Then had a $5 donation from Dan. Who writes, do you think Nintendo should hold any games until Switch 2? I think they could focus on 2024 and Coast easily into 135 million units sold switch 2 could launch with new mario metroid prime mario kart i worry about the lineup if they release these now well as we've seen with mario kart they're doing the dlc so we're not going to get a new mario kart anytime soon at least not until 2024 Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime 4 could easily be held till Switch 2 at the rate the development of that game is going. We still have Metroid Prime 1 remastered to enjoy a new Mario. Nintendo kind of has flexibility there. They could give the Switch, as it is now, a new 3D Mario and launch Switch 2 with a new 2D Mario if they want to go that path. Or you could even flip it and we get a new 2D Mario on Switch and the Switch 2 launches with the 3D Mario. Um. I think Nintendo is aware that they have to launch a true successor with a major game. They launched the Switch with Zelda and they saw how great that move was. Zelda really legitimized the platform. And then you could look at something like the Wii U, where they put a 2D Mario game that looked like an HD Wii game, and that didn't go over all that well. But Nintendo is aware that they need strong IPs in the first year of a new hardware release. So I don't think they would be bringing any software to the current switch if they felt as though it would be a strong launch title for a successor. Then had a dollar donation from Jackie G who writes, who's didgeridoo? Do I have to blow in order to will a Beanox-developed Xbox All-Stars racing cart racer? Seriously, imagine what they could do with all those IPs.
1: Well, (laughs) Xbox has a lot of money to spend, as we know. So you never know. It may happen. But do they have a didgeridoo? They could get one. Do you have one? I do not have one. (laughs) I could get one. Bong, bong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then had a five dollar donation from Dow Dow, who writes, thanks for the video. You're welcome. Then had a $2 donation from Liam Warner, who writes, Two questions. Do you think Nintendo was using Mario Kart Tour to gauge how popular some tracks were to dictate what would go into the DLC? And do you think there will be any more races? Or any more racers added as well? Was Mario Kart Tour popular enough to gauge popular tracks? Um, I think it was moderately
1: successful, but I, 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 I'm going to say yes to the first question because I'm sure that they ran analytics on you know True. what was what was really popular and what wasn't as popular. So mm-hmm. they're probably gauging that data, the analytical data that they have access to. Um, the second part, I'm not sure about. But, I mean, overall, I would say, yeah, they would be looking at what people liked in Mario Kart Tour and and using that maybe as a not a blueprint, I'll say, but more of as, as a guideline as
0: to what they're mm-hmm. looking to implement into the DLC. Yeah, I could see some new racers added. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility and... I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, analytics for the tracks. I think Nintendo knows what, you know, were popular from past Mario Karts. And Mario Kart 4 really, they did that research for that game to make it appealing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I never played Mario Kart 4, so all those tracks are going to be new to me. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. then had a $5 donation from AA underscore R7. He writes, hey, Nate and MVG, greetings from Qatar. I've been a fan since day one, and that's the first time I ask a question. So I'll start with a hot take. I think that Kirby will be the best game of the first quarter of 2022. Do you guys agree? Thank you. We do. We do agree. I I will even
1: double down on that and say it could be the best game of the year. It could be.
0: I'm it very has some. Stopped about it. Very hot. It has some stiff competition with stiff. Xenoblade Chronicles Three and Mario Strikers, but Kirby definitely might be in the running for best game of the year. Then had a dollar donation from Matt R. One fifty four writes, "Hey guys, love the podcast and what you do. Will Live Alive come to PlayStation Four and PS Five? Also, will Octopath ever arrive?" I like to play on PlayStation if I can because of the graphics, and I'm unsure if I should wait or not for these titles. Thanks and best wishes, guys. I think Live Alive could come to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, but it would probably take at minimum a year, if not two years. I think it's going to be a similar situation as Octopath, where Nintendo has secured it as a timed exclusive for at least a couple of years. The fact Octopath has not arrived on PlayStation yet is quite baffling. It's on PC, it's on Xbox, yep, and it hasn't made its way to PlayStation. Um, Why it hasn't, I do not know. Um, I mean, if you have a PC that can play the games, pick up Octopath on that. At this point, I don't know if I would necessarily wait on Octopath. It is on two other platforms that isn't the switch so you have options to play it but as i say that watch square announce it for the playstation at like e3 but yeah at this point really don't have any indications of octopath traveler going to playstation which is really confusing because it seems like a good home then had a five dollar donation from arcion Right, thank you gentlemen for your great discussions and content. Which game do you predict will win Game of the Year at the Game Awards this year? Probably God
1: of War Ragnarok. Ooh. And that's not because I necessarily want it to win, but I just feel like, if you look at precedent and past years and the narrative over the shoulder games that the Game Awards seems to really kind of gravitate Ooh. towards, I would probably say God of War Ragnarok maybe horizon forbidden west maybe
0: yeah but, horizon was i'm gonna say my thought God of War. i'm going yeah, with i was God like of War. An, i was thinking horizon forbidden west potentially um starfield won't because it won't make it in time it's kind of a shame that we're basically just looking at sony's past wins and their current content output to gauge game of the year at the game awards um yeah, I mean as far as like Microsoft output this year, I don't think they're going to have anything aside from Starfield that would even potentially be a contender, but as you mentioned due to timing, it probably won't make the cutoff date. Um Nintendo's going to have a lot of quality if Breath of the Wild 2 makes it this year. Oh, I'd it's say in. That has Yeah, it's in. A- Then that has a good chance. Yeah. Even Metroid Prime, I think, would have a legitimate chance at the Game Awards game of the year if it releases in time. What about Bayo 3? Do you think that has a legitimate chance? I think it's still too niche. Yeah. Like even Xenoblade Chronicles 3, it could be the best RPG ever released, and it's just not going to get that push from Western media. It probably comes down to something from Sony in house at the end of the day. And had a follow-up donation from of $5 who writes follow-up question what game or games are you most excited for this year? Cheers from Sweden
1: uh, we already talked about a couple of them in this episode I mean Kirby is one that I'm very mm-hmm. much excited about Our live Alive is, is a game that I finally will get to play for the first time so that's very hype um, maybe Breath of the Wild too, if, if that if that's a thing this year <laughs> and, you know, there's also for Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7, and God of War for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Starfield. L, um, I think Starfield, yeah, Starfield is, is a game that we all want to see more of, we will see more mm-hmm. of, and, you know, could be uh, it could be a sprawling epic
0: space game that I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to. Yeah, I got games like, you know, Elden Ring coming out in a couple of weeks. Um. A lot of the games that Nintendo had in this directs, Kirby's, you know, Switch sports, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to this year and still some games to be announced. <laughs> yep. And had a $5 donation from trippin fell or trippin fall. Right. Hi guys. I've been holding off buying cuphead for switch and I have heard there would be a physical version someday. Do you think with the announcement of the delicious last course, we are getting closer to that? If they are true to their word from 2018, we are getting closer to that. And at a $5 donation from Duck1299, writes, question for MVG about HDR and Switch 2 slash Pro. One, Do you see Nintendo implementing auto HDR similar to Xbox Series X for existing games or more likely on a per game basis. Is this hard to patch in? And question two, do you expect to see HDR support regardless of 4K support with the next hardware? Uh,
1: I will say I'm not a an expert on HDR implementations. So um, a lot of this is, is something that I may not be the best person to answer. But I will say that auto HDR is kind of like a Microsoft thing. It's not necessarily something that they've patented as their own. But I would probably say that... Um, HDR would be patched in at a game-by-game game basis. And I guess for the, the second part of that question, would HDR be a feature kind of over um, you know 4K? Yes, I feel like um, it's, it's some kind of, I don't want to say some quick wins for Nintendo, but it's something I'm a little surprised wasn't added to the OLED model, to be honest with you. Like maybe they could have added some HDR implementation into their firmware that would allow for HDR games, very similar to what we saw, if you recall, with the Xbox uh, One. When the original Xbox One came out, the VCR there was no HDR, but um, they released the One S, if you remember Nate, which was mm-hmm. kind of the the sleeker, slimmer version of the VCR. And all of a sudden, they just kind of added HDR support into that. I kind of feel like the OLED model was going to also have HDR on board, and that would have been a nice little one-two punch having the OLED display plus HDR um, mm-hmm. would have really made a big difference in in so many games. But unfortunately, we didn't get that. But I do think that HDR is
0: part of Nintendo's future plans, I will say. Yes, I'd be surprised if HDR isn't part of their plans. Not necessarily in a handheld factor. Right. But definitely for docked. Yep. Then had a dollar donation from Liam Warner who writes. Do you think the gameplay footage of the Mario Kart tracks was final? I'm really worried because, frankly, in that trailer, they look like they were ported straight from Tour and not given the detail the other tracks in the game already have. I'd say they were works in progress. Yeah, I mean. Depending on when they're actually coming in the waves, I'd say that works in progress and wait for final judgment once we actually see the packs release. Then had a $5 donation from Kaliche. It writes, hi, Nate the Goat. Have you heard about... Are you super of you yourself again, mate? I am not. <laughs> 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 have you heard of any news about a possible Resident Evil 4 remake release? The last thing I have heard is that Capcom hopes to have it out in the first half of 2023. Whether or not that slides around it's to be determined, but I believe that is their intent to have it generally in the same window that Resident Evil Village released in. So... Hopefully, they officially announce the game in the next couple of months because at this point, Resident Evil 4 Remake is one of the worst kept secrets in the industry. We then had a $3 donation from Achievement. It writes Question for MVG. A few episodes ago, you mentioned how trophies were more involved to implement for PlayStation versus a basic port how much extra work is that compared to say porting Turok to Xbox with or without achievements versus PlayStation with trophies?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if I follow the question, like, is he asking how much more effort is involved in implementing trophies on PlayStation versus achievements on the Xbox side?
0: I'm a little confused as, as to what, what's being asked there. Uh, I think, the question is trying to like if I think it's about Spartacus. Okay. And if you were to add trophies to a game like Turok PS1, right. How much more work would it be to add those trophies to the PS1 game than you doing a native oh, I see. port to the Xbox and like PlayStation now?
1: It's it's a, there's a lot more work involved. If you don't have access to source code um and you try to implement trophies. Then essentially, what you're doing is you're you're going through memory locations, you know, um, in the game, and trying to figure out the triggers for when things are happening. Like, for example, um, if if the the, the score of the player is um, at a certain memory address, then you have to kind of um keep an eye on that, right? You have to watch that, and if it goes, if well, let's say there's an achievement like that it hits let's say you hit fifty thousand points or more then you have to know the memory location of where that is so there is a lot of time trying to figure out where things live um you know in a rom we'll say versus if you have the access to the original code then you can simply just go to the function call that says update my score um and then just put a check or a counter in there that says hey if my score is over a certain number then trigger this trophy so yeah, it's, it's a lot more complicated.
0: A good answer. And then our final Streamlabs question for the week is a dollar donation from Blue Inkblot. writes, Mario Kart Eight DLC is definitely using Mario Kart TOR's assets. They already remastered 41 old tracks for TOR, a massive amount. You know that beautifully redone Choco Mountain? it's in tor i've raced on it this is honestly really cool any thoughts this is actually a brilliant move by nintendo because when they remastered all those courses for tor they would have remastered them in hd already Mm -hmm. so this saves them considerable time and effort to bring them to mario kart 8 as dlc and this is smart they're reusing assets and somehow someone will go to twitter and say lazy this isn't lazy development this is brilliant development because it saves them money time resources and this is how development works if you already have hd assets use them yep i agree this is really smart business and this is exactly this is exactly what they should be doing (laughs) you have the hd assets ready you have these tracks already built use them customize and you know change the aesthetic to fit mario kart's style a little more and boom you have a release and that's why you're getting 48 tracks at the waves we're getting within those two-year periods of 24 tracks a year is because they have these assets already at the ready they don't have to rebuild everything from scratch and it's why it's 25 dollars this is why we're getting value <laughs> yep that is the last streamlabs question of the week if you'd like to Support the channel. We have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. I'd like to thank MVG for joining me, as always. Always a pleasure, Knight. Thanks for having me on. And if you would like to share your thoughts on the Nintendo Direct, you can do so in the comment section below. Let us know if you agree with us about how this Direct showed the future of Nintendo's plans with the Switch. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.